what time it is. 3.0 in the house. That's for you. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas. Vegas. And Vegas, Khan. BizCon, you got oh, yeah. me back. We got, we got the whole gang here today. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a Northern Cali reunion. Yeah, but we were clearly the gang charges. I'm like, <laughs> it's called motherfucking Outlaws to Pioneers, baby. That's what it's called. OLTP. You know it. That's right. right? OL. OLTP. So I got two uh, very cool, legendary guys in the house. One of which I've been looking forward to interviewing on my show, but got to got to be on uh, a few of uh, other people uh, on the uh, network. I got Patrick, Soil King, and uh, Dan Rush, both uh, up in the roots in the Northern Cali areas. Yes, sir. And I always ask this question before we even get into the thick of the cannabis conversations. Starting with Patrick. <laughs> well, bring it on. What did you do before cannabis? I grew strawberries and flowers. Strawberries and flowers was like the main thing that you did for a long I, time. A first time in handcuff, age of 11, growing <laughs> weed in a pine tree. It so, started years so before always, that. So it was always. my first memories of strawberry patch. <laughs> so, so always, I can't, I can't in, in and that. out. Yes and no. You know? I can't ask that question, like, Patrick. I, Dan, that, what did you, you do before? That's his Dan story, was, and he's sticking to it. I gotta tell you. Tell me. And what I what I did before was I wanted to grow up and be like Patrick King, <laughs> and uh, so then I uh, joined the union. And uh, got involved in uh, labor politics, and uh, I was there for uh, oh, thirty some plus years, thirty-five okay. years. So labor politics for the younger kids out there, you know, for the layman, what does something like that entail? What so, did your job entail? So in the labor movement, we're highly involved in politics because that's how we uh, guide the industries that our members work in, and. And that's how we have an impact for not only our members, but consumers, uh, for the uh, institutional investors that invest in the companies that employ our, our members. And so uh, my job, uh, the one I was best known for, I started as political director for a small local in Oakland, UFCW 120. And then I went on to a much larger, larger local, UFCW 5 and my... My department there was special operations, and so what we did was prepare candidates for uh, to be introduced to our political operatives, so okay, that, so that they could uh, they could uh, you know have an impact for our members. Later In on, interesting. And how did one does one become a member? You get a job in a union company, or you work for a company and decide to form your own union, and then you call. Uh, the union of your choice. In my case, my union is uh, UFCW, although I'm retired from there. Sure. Um, and uh, now I'm building holding companies. Okay. And uh, so that's how you get in the union, either in an organizing drive or, or being hired by a union company. Okay. And um, it's, uh, it's a very great place to be. It sounds so like it, right? It's a difference between a job and a career. Yeah. And, big, uh, big, big difference. <laughs> well, a big difference. Right. When I was forced into retirement by uh, 
little argument with a small department in the government. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I left the union uh, as the uh, founder of the uh, uh, North American Cannabis and Hemp Division campaign. Wow. In UFCW International. Wow. And uh, so here I am today. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the first question okay. in layman's okay. terms oh, layman. to tell okay. the younger generation what the fuck really happened. <laughs> Dan Rush is a badass motherfucker. <laughs> That's just straight, said, and done. This motherfucker right here, no, no fail, no fall. Straight, and when he falls, he falls forward. That's Dan Rush. So I'm honored to sit next to him. And I am absolutely honored to sit next to Patrick and uh, one of my heroes, you know, not just personally, not just as a human being and a principled man uh, that has an integrity and creates virtue in his life and for the people around him. So, um, and now today our lives are cannabis and at soil. And Changing the world what, one what, plant what, at a time. What, There's no segregation in what, agriculture. What, what was the story of the first time you guys met? Um, Do you guys remember? Well, that uh, we're still under indictment for that. We answer, yeah. I met so, when he. About the first time we seen each other after he got out. Oh man, I love it. Right? That's a funny shit. I love it. So uh, you know, yeah. not for public. Actually, I got censored. Here I actually goes. am the one that remembers it at Patrick's uh, Soil King in uh, in uh, Cloverdale, California, and uh, there was a seed exchange going on. Yeah. And uh, so obviously, you know, Patrick, the soil guy and the, and the uh, genetics guys were there. So they were kind of the center of the universe. Smoking some good fucking herb, too. Right, right. And looking good. And I said, hey, what the hell's going on over there? I got to be involved in that stuff because it looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, that was the beginning. And here we are in the middle. Yeah. And, and the end's going to be unreal. Right. right, right yeah. There's always a beginning, a middle, and, and an end. Right. right. In, in this world, you... It's hard enough, you know, you wrap around, you've, you go and you go and you think you're going the right direction. And at some time, God, the inner vine, the mother earth grabs your ass, blows apart your circle, puts it back together with a small few and tells you, yeah, this is your next journey. Wake the fuck up and walk with your team. And that's where I'm at right now. And Dan's on my team. Right. Now, absolutely. Now, you, absolutely. And proud to be. Um, now, Patrick would, now, would fight to stay here on your yeah, team. Patrick. I know that this guy right here, man. Yeah. I got a, I got a partner. I think I can say a partner in crime, but that's what I meant to say for life. Right? Yeah. Absolutely, brothers yeah. for life. So we're gonna. Patrick knows that I was gonna bring this up, especially on the interview. Let's go reminisce about our OG Eddie. OG Eddie left. Papa talk, Eddie. Talk, Papa talk, Eddie. Talk about. Woo! Talk about the first time you met Eddie. Man, I, I knew Eddie pre, you know, when he went in, but I didn't have the relationship. The day he got out and he flew into San Francisco airport and there was limousines and newspapers and all these people to come get him, Alan Atkinson with a Grokashi van. We pulled up a couple other people in there and um, Eddie came home with us. And we, we ended up taking him to the halfway house in the Tenderloin where I was like, oh, fuck, this is where the real road meets the pavement kind of situation, right? And uh, from that moment on, he was my soldier, and I was his soldier, and I, I watched him get raped and pillaged. I've seen people come in and out. I've seen him, everybody after everything but his heart. And, uh, 
and uh, I loved him, and he gave me a, he gave me, he was my words of wisdom. The shit he would say to me blew my mind. He, you know, my, I'm going, I was going through bad divorce, you know, the life was, everything was changing, and he said, he would say to me, look at you. You don't know what the fuck you want. If you would just stop and open up and let it happen, the right woman will fall in your lap. You will know it, and you will run with her. And I'm, I didn't get it. And then my queen, Amy, showed up, and uh, he said, there it is, boy. You've been that's waiting. Great. You've been waiting, and that's your gift. Now now figure out the rest of your life. And so the, I stepped back from that, and I was like, when he told me that, I'm like, I'm listening to a man who has no relationship skills ever. Yeah. <laughs> he, can't, he can't do relationships, right? And I'm taking advice from him? Like, what the fuck? But it was so profound, and that's just one Talking, it was talking after talking he, in my he, life. He man. was a he was a non-monogamous or monogamous <laughs> <laughs> soul. I miss yeah. him. I, I I love him. I I have I you know gave my word and tell, honor respect tell, that tell, I tell tell the kids out there that actually don't even understand or know who it is that we're really talking about. If you were to tell someone who they who he was and, we'll call him know. the real godfather of cannabis right, right. instead, right. Well, instead get, of what's his say, name if you had to give you your, know your, your little mini <laughs> mini synopsis of eddie and who he is what would you tell the world he was ahead of the time you know he was dealing he was working with um you know fungal he was doing his craft with uh, what we know now is like korean natural farming you know, doing fermentations and different things. And what's that? He got arrested. He got last one was 72,000 plants that they came and busted him with. And it, that's where they stopped counting. And, uh, you know, he did, he's an honorable man who gave his life to this plant with Jack Hare. Yeah. And, you know, those are brothers right there. Set, shout out set, to the duo. Right? Shout out to the, the emperor. Oh my, the emperor, yes. Yeah. And to have to have role models like that, when you guys, you're going to be fucking with a soil king for a minute. You're going to see me coming out of 2024, and you're going to see me honoring those who deserved it, that pioneered this shit, passed the baton to guys like me that everybody has forgotten about. Over my fucking dead body, I'm rising up, I'm taking the cream back to the top, and we're going to run with honor, respect, and dignity, and we're going to hold their brand, their name, to the highest level where it deserves to be. Warriors. Fucking warriors, warriors. yeah. Just, just like Jack and just like Eddie. Sure, And, sure. Uh, you know, Eddie Eddie was was not just a legend. He was also a giver, you know. Yeah. And the first yeah. time I met Eddie, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. at some point, I met him in a, in a, with a line of dozens of people, um, uh, patients, who couldn't afford to buy their own cannabis, who couldn't afford to pay anybody. Who went and to the farm. 72,000 sure. plants. Oh, I know. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and Eddie would be there. I was on the farm, right? I'm going to ask you the same I was, question. I was on the farm, so you're right. talking to someone who has quite firsthand to you. And the doctor that lived down the street, and Kitty, the nurse yeah. that like right. worked in the oh, office. Yeah. And... Shout out to all those people. What did he man. give you? Like, if you'd come come away right now and tell Soil King, man, you're I'm your brother. What, what did, you're my what, brother. What did, what did, what, I, what did you, I take? What, what did I take from Eddie? Eddie was yes. Eddie was Eddie and Jack were the old school hippie generation of activists. They were the truest form of activists that you yeah, could possibly have, and and were martyrs. Like martyrs. they had. 
They had balls of steel and no new because, you know, in a sense, most martyrs, for the most part, know. Okay. That he was, Dan's one of those he, too, by the way. Gonna, he was going to blow up or not. And if he blew up, well, he was already planning to blow up and what, how he could still make it through no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So, and he had a lot of belief in people. So the thing is, is that the people who collectively gave money for plots, those thousands of scripts, you know, that got their six plots each and things of that nature, you know, they, for a very reasonable price, was going to have some of the greatest genetics and strains out there because... Neville would visit and this and all these fucking mm-hmm. legends that created the whole cannabis movement outside of America way before we did it right. and legalized it right. were gifting to America those things, you know. And if it wasn't for Eddie, all this cookies and this and all this shit that's around... Skittles and all those things. Right. Brandon, God bless his soul. I love him from third gen. You know, was 17 years old when he was sleeping with a gun in the fucking field in Eddie's farm, protecting the fucking farm, you know? And look at these guys are like fucking legends. You know what I mean? Anybody would die to win an ego clash that he throws, right? And all these great events of people that have developed. Brandon, the ego. Go, brother, man. And, and, you know, and everybody that's like, you know, Brett and Eddie, Crazy Brett, Bogan. We were talking about all these guys. The chameleons of the industry that are still standing, actually. Fucking crazy. But, you know, I was a generation after. So they were like always, fuck the government. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck (laughs) them. And then we were like, well, you know, you're trying to go legal and do these propositions and things, you know. You kind of have to like find a way to be nice to them a little, you know, and we were the generation that realized you couldn't just say, fuck you, <laughs> you know, Actually, and, I, and if I you did, wanted something it. to change, it, you know, you had to use a more political route and Jack was the one who was the genius to realize hemp, which is this non-psychoactive part. Like, why not promote that? You know, because I remember when I was a kid, there was no hemp lotions. <laughs> there was no hemp T-shirts. It was fucking illegal. We used to put out you memos know? in L.A. telling people to watch out for Pretendica, yeah. right? Because it looked good, it smelled good, but it was CBD. We didn't know what CBDs were then, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. And yeah. the thing is, is that... Lawrence Ringo, that's where CBDs came into my life. Right, right. And the Stanley Brothers. Jack, and, yeah, yeah, of course. Stanley yeah, Brothers. Shout Stan, all those guys. Was, there and, wouldn't be and, Stanley yeah. Brothers if it wasn't for Lawrence Ringo. Right. You know, right. right now. And, and the thing is, is that it was because of this pioneering of these crazy activists that didn't mind, like Eddie, that there was a probability you're going to go to jail and was dealt with that. And even was to the extent of saying, well, fuck you. I'm going to put 38,000 plants as everyone passes on the highway on the main fucking road. Right on the road. And the thing. <laughs> and be it the not cops, once, not the, the feds, the satellites. <laughs> the, oh yeah, like seven or eight times. God but 38 was the most. The first the first one was 300, I think, or something like that, which was the, oh, because you're here. You are coming to the house tonight. 
because I want to give you that oh, piece. That's right. The piece you, I want to give you that piece. Yeah. I have it absolutely. Oh, for I'd sure. be honored. Yeah, no, you got to come get that today. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see you know how these guys have really pioneered past the torch, but you know, just like history. Pioneering's fucking be, hard, become, man. Become right. forgotten, oh, yeah. become forgotten by all these brands and competition and blowing up, and like it just kind of fades off into the into the universe. But that's why we do have this like network, and we do try to do what we can to let people understand and you know be ed educated in the field. But let's talk about what it is both of you guys currently do, you know, in this field and the wonderful contributions that you do to help. Uh, this industry, you know, Patrick, let me start with you and let's talk about, you know, your soil company and what inspired you to originally create this company and what are some of the hardships you've had to deal with over the years to try to compete with major national brands that already make soil and, you know, supply to Home Depot and all these places. I mean, that's, uh, that's my fight and that's my life. Um, Obviously, I have a lot of businesses, picks and shovels, and I was the first micro license ever given in California when Prop 64 was let out on the soil company. was going many years before that. But the reason I got in the soil company is because I got tired of crappy fucking soils, man. I just couldn't do it, and I felt like I can do better. And when I started really learning and studying and learning biology and fungal and different things, I knew that. I had a passion already for it. Um, I think it was 20, I forget, Soil King was coined in 2000 something, eight, I think, or something like that. Yeah, around 2008. And uh, it was during the housing market, the downturn of the housing market. And I was, I'm a builder developer, so I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I got multiple businesses all over. So anyways, moving the soil, soil, it was, it's very difficult because Pre-Prop pre, pre 64, the testing limits for heavy metals, for pesticides, uh, other known stuff, it was garbage. And the reason I became the soil king because I got tired of this horrible pesticide-ridden, you know, herbicide compost that these guys were selling for them. And, and explain, explain. Now, this is actually very important. Yeah, it's very explain, important. Because I actually recently have a close friend whose uh, mother has was became very ill from heavy metal poisoning yeah and can that same uh disease be contracted from people improperly using soil in cannabis and could you smoke or ingest something that could create some damage like that that have the heavy metal we call them the four horsemen it's cadmium lead arsenic and uh What's uh, I'll think of it in a second, but uh, you know that's there. That's the main ones that are you know are, are rancid. It's all the numbers are crazy. If you look through our agricultural, even the organic side of our foods right now, and you tested for heavy metals, the high the limits are insane, and the certification organic, you know U.S. U.S. Uh, you know CDFA and Omri and all these programs, they they don't test for heavy metal limits. They, they, what they do. So you could be, could you, would you technically say that people eating tomatoes and this and regular yes. fruit today that is not organic could be consuming so many heavy metals that it could be a cause of diseases that one contracts in the body? 
with organics too. So it doesn't matter. With any, organics. 100%. So there's heavy metals you're not in even, organics. You're not even safe. No, so. you're not even safe. The only thing you're safe on, and, and I'm just going to hit on it real quick, the, the standards for testing across agricultural food industry on limits of heavy metals, and let's try to, so like five parts lead, 5.0 is acceptable um, or above. It's like that's where kind of the limits of food are on, on lead or something like that, right? So you go to arsenic, for instance. Arsenic in cannabis, it's 0.2 parts per million. In, in food or any, any other type of agriculture, it's five parts, not 0.2. Wow. So it's, it's insane. And wow. so these testing, these testing companies that are doing it, you'll see these test results that will come back and it will say, non-detect for heavy metals, non-detect for heavy metals. But the all these testing companies are testing for the lower limits on food. They don't even they don't sure, even qualify sure, or sure. calculate their equipment low enough for where we need it to be. And would you say then under that synopsis that we consume a lot of heavy metals without even knowing it every day. Everywhere, heavy metals are in every everything. And are you, know? you um, crazy? Are you then because you know that and you created a soil that has less of them is what we're essentially saying. Um, do you grow your own vegetables and food then, and not really go into a supermarket when it comes to those type of things? Or how yes do you, and no. Your, I haven't got my garden completely figured out in Arizona yet. I mean, I do have but a there was a garden, time where that I've, was like a part I've of always, your life. I've always yeah. grown my own food. Okay. Uh, my oh, entire really? life, really? I've grown my oh, own your food. Own, your whole life? Really? Your whole life. Yeah, yeah, Since sure. I was tomatoes or, or strawberries when I was nice. three years old, first Sweet. memory. I've always, I've always cultivated food. Wow. And, uh, and I've learned, you know, so much over the years. Uh, it's just crazy. It's and, just insane. And Dan, tell us about your company and business currently and what it is that you're participating mostly in in the industry right now so uh, um, right now we're building holding companies and okay. uh, so and, bra uh, and break down for those laymen you know what exactly is a holding company so and now that the, the industry has begun to mature a little bit um, and there are people that, that know what they're doing as far as working in the western uh, uh, business economic system. A uh, holding company is a company that, that holds and owns various different companies in the industry. And so we call it the uh, diverse ecosystem of an industry. Sure. So when you get into institutional invest investments like uh, equity funds and pension funds and sure. public employee funds where they move billions of dollars around, uh -huh. which we're going to be entering into in the next few years. We can't okay. do it right now because sure. of FinCEN and the banking and uh, there's no federal Absolutely. regulation. So a holding company is basically an investment vehicle and it allows investors, institutional and individual, to invest in a whole ecosystem of the industry. And, and the idea is that it costs a million dollars to loan a million dollars, so to speak. Okay. There's a lot of accounting, there's a lot sure. of duties, there's, uh, you know, a lot of stuff goes into that. So rather than, it, it also costs a million dollars to loan a hundred million dollars. So okay. instead of these large investments, uh, investors having to invest a million bucks in a hundred different companies, we take dozens of companies, sure. put them together. They're all um, supportive of each other. They're all symbiotic. 
It's kind of like uh, PepsiCo. And have you put together and have uh, certain brands under any holding companies currently? So we do, and uh, that's a little bit of proprietary right now. Right now, sure. But I can tell you that if you see me sitting next to somebody and hanging out (laughs) with them, there's probably a little bit more going on there than there is. uh, We we have a few companies, Canaforce, that's spelled with uh, all our... All so spell company. it for my stoners, because if you don't spell it, we're gonna be we have no. You'll never gonna, we're gonna fucking go on there. So spell C- it. C A N N A, the number four. O R C E. Okay. We also have Hemp Force, spelled the same way. Okay. H E M P four O R C E. Okay. Now we also have uh, Labor Resource Management, which is sort of like the back end of all of our companies, uh, bookkeeping, accounting, taxing. Uh, taxes, uh, keeping track of documents, uh, invoicing, uh, value, uh, evaluating companies, giving them, uh, coming up with their value structure. And then all of that is wrapped up into a holding company, which I'm not going to go into. The yeah, sure, yet, sure, sure, sure. I don't, I don't want to put a target on it. And do you essentially manage, put these together outside of cannabis? Is this something that if you know interested parties wanted to create something like this with you, is this something that you do? Ab- do absolutely. Sure. If, if you are involved in any part of the, uh, if you're involved in an industry that is somehow uh, uh, symbiotic or supportive uh, uh, to the cannabis industry, to the hemp industries, um, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to the best of the best. And, and basically what we're doing is, and, and like in the, uh, you know, in the tradition of Jack and Eddie, nobody wanted to be corporatized. Yeah, when exactly. I, when I started sure, huh? organizing cannabis workers and then working on, on the laws, the legislation and the sure. initiatives, so all that stuff, um, you know, we tried to stick with legacy and we're really about legacy. It's actually a big part of our, of our future marketing approach. And I'm of not going to go too far into that. Sure. But um, <laughs> yeah. we're building holding companies that are based in legacy. And what I mean by sure. that is, is multi-generational, sure. artisan. Sure. You learned it from uh, grandma and yeah, great of course. grandpa. Of course. You've been doing it for generations. Of course. No matter what it is, cultivation, soil, sure. um, uh, manufacturing, processing, sure. packaging. Uh, and, and now, uh, you know, we're talking to uh, solar companies because that fits in into our companies. Water, delivery systems, of course. that fits into our system. Anything that is renewable, recyclable, regenerable, um, we, we want to put that in. Um, we want to build, a, and we have a few uh, already likely investors who are looking at us um, in the different companies. And uh, we're uh, putting together this best of the best where inside the holding company, we're a family. But that family together with our legacy roots is going to go out into the corporate world and we're going to be able to, to compete on a corporate level. Sure. So, you know, uh, Absolutely. Fam- family on the farm is doing what they do. And then some of us are going out, uh, you know, into the corporate world and making us competitive and, uh, and bringing us to the top. So, yes, if you have a, a company that is supportive, we're here today at Jerome Baker. Uh, which is the Tef- Tiffany's of glass. Uh, it's not just a bong company. It's a it's an legacy, no, baby. Yeah. Legacy, legacy, artisan, yeah. and, and that's what we're about. If you have any roots in legacy, 
uh, or if you have any mind for technology and moving forward and science, we want to talk to you. So how does one, again, for our stoners out there, what's the best route of getting to you? A lot of these young kids and even a lot of these investors are all hanging out on the Instagram. You got an Instagram handle for these young ones? Yeah, all? go to Canaforce, C-A-N-N-A, four, O-R-C-E. We're on Instagram. Um, we are uh, We are in a... Can't find it. Send me a message. I'll get you linked up. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, just Absolutely. pull up Dan Rush on Google and call me. Uh, we, but I'm gonna I'm gonna vet you first, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Shout outs, you, guys. Shout outs to friends and family out there. Right. And by the way, you got shout out for friends my, and family out there. Oh man, my Do queen. I have friends and family out there. I got my beautiful my queen, queen Margaret. Amy. My queen Margaret is here. Margaret Rush, and she's the president of our holding company. And uh, shout out to Margaret. And I'm just Mrs. Rush's little boy. Mrs. Rush's little boy. Right. Yeah. And then thank you so much, Patrick. <laughs> Anything you want to let anybody know while we're on? Hey, I'm, t I'm I'm here to take over the world. You know, 2024. Like mark my words, when I'm sitting here at the end of 2024 in this chair. Shit. Yeah. You you, you know or you know. Either well. you do or you don't. And this this time we're not going to get caught. I mean, uh, <laughs> Dan, yeah, man, you're Dan. only intimidated till you become an intimidator. That's the key you know. Life. I got to serve time in the same uh, federal prison that Eddie did, sure. and, uh, and I was very proud of that. And he yeah. held his mud, and he stayed in there because he shut his fucking mouth. Sure, right. And he did. That's because I didn't know anything. Years. Though. Nobody would tell me. It's, no, it's, comm no. it's commendable either way. No, it's commendable. It's coming. Right. Well, thank you guys Solid. so much. Thank you, Andrew. Dan, Dan, is there anything you want to give? Say anything else out there you got on yeah. the mind or want to throw out there? Yeah. Um, uh, this station, Hayes TV, is without a doubt the most progressive and happening place to be when you're in these industries. And uh, Andrew is uh, is a guiding light for all of us. Thank you, brother. Yeah, he is. And, man. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. MJ BizCon, we're on the way. You better look Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Because we don't arrive, we invade, and uh, we're going to have a good time. time. For the invasion and those look out, me and Patrick and a wild crew are going to be enjoying the, uh, is it Phoenix? Where Where is the yeah, Arizona Phoenix. show? Yeah, Imperious in Expo. Phoenix, Arizona, the Imperious Oh, yeah, the Imperious. Expo. Yeah, we're going to have, have a blast. February. And the Emerald the, Cup. Don't believe the rumors. The Emerald Cup yeah, is yeah. on. For 2024, the 20th anniversary in Oakland, and uh, that's all I can say right now. But it's, right. Uh, there's going to be a wave. All right, dude. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This is uh, Legacy Hayes Radio, uh, Patrick Hayes TV. Thank you, Andrew. Downloaded on your my phones. Man, my man, love you, dog. That was good seeing everybody. I love it when the old old timers like I was to roll with. My boy is Legacy. Right. It's always a fun way to go. Emerald Triangle. There's baby. not that many left. Right, still a standing. Lot, a lot have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. We're the outlaws that of Outlaw sure. Springs. Outlaws, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. outlaws, yeah. the pioneers. Yeah, That's yeah. how we roll. Yeah, but now at our later point in life, we get to not be crazy like that and get to enjoy life. Right. So yeah. the hardships sometimes are worth it for the end results. Right. Well, with us OGs, mean old guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll we, go but, with but, that. I'm down with that. We'll go with that. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.